Welcome to Swapping Paint, the podcast that rubs doors with the cream of the crop in motorsport today. With your host, 18 times Australian champion, Dave Sarah. Hey guys, and welcome to episode nine of Swapping Paint. Today I'm fortunate to chat with one of the best touring car drivers in the world, Matthias Ekstrom. Matthias has been successful in a range of different categories, including winning the 2014 World Rallycross Championship and two DTM Championships. Not many drivers can boast beating Michael Schumacher in the same equipment, but Matisse was able to do so in consecutive years at the Race of Champions event where he has three titles. Matthias shed some light on why he chooses to focus on himself rather than his opposition and the reasons behind sticking to touring car racing over pursuing Formula 1. We welcome Matthias Ekstrom. Whatever uh, your career will take you, use the moment. Because sure. you're, you can't take it for granted that it will come forever or another time or one more time. So I think you have to be very, very humble to say the time you have, you should use the very best. Yeah. And also to try and find a reason or the how to say what to develop for that specific session or that specific day uh, that you learn something all the time because it will always be an equation of time and money yes so how much money do you have that means how many laps you can do uh, and the limited time you have you need to use the best and this is the same when you're earlier in your career or when you become a professional later on so i think that's uh, something i have experienced from very early days so don't crash because that costs money and that type of money you could use to go racing yeah and also to try and learn from everyone and everything now awesome and so from kart racing you went to the swedish touring car championship before making your way into the dtm championship we raced for audi for about 18 years i read um and you're a two-time champion which for us, we see a bit of the T- DTM Championship in Australia, but it's a very fierce competitive touring car championship. Yeah, I would say the the DTM was, uh, I mean, still is in a way, uh, the best we have in touring cars in Europe. I would yeah. say a little bit of the V8 supercars in, in Europe, what yes. you have. So uh, the cars are uh, a bit more, I would say, complicated with more aerodynamics and more expensive build yes. uh, versus the V8 supercars. But uh, generally, the, the platform is very similar <clears throat> and the competition have been very fierce between uh, Mercedes, Audi and BMW and Opel over all the years. So I had a fantastic long career there and I really enjoyed it. And um, I, I mean, as you know, I also did some V8 supercar. Uh, yeah, I've seen. Uh, I saw that you've so done a, a NASCAR race, a supercar race, rallycross, uh, yeah. DTM, WRC. How do you adapt yeah. your driving style to suit so many different categories? I think the biggest thing is to uh, once you have a little bit of basic understanding of cars. If you look on a, a setup sheet yep. and you see the weight, weight balance, you see the down, you get to know the downforce values. You see tires. You see damper strokes. You see a bit of this. Uh, you understand a bit of the uh, differentials and okay. once you can re- read the setup sheet and then you will understand how should I drive this yeah. and then you will be really close to reality because most um, is down to physics. I mean a front wheel driven car with 200 horsepower handles very different to a V8 supercar. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, so, but once you have this, you have already a very good start. 
But when I grew up, there was no simulators. But today you can even go in any good sim to drive those cars and get the really good first feeling. So I think that's something which is helping the kids a lot today. I just have a question shoot through. Um, it's from, basically they've asked, have you ever wanted to, do, to drive an, a Formula One car or an open wheel race car? Obviously you went down to the touring car, uh, you know, Alleman, but was there yeah. any ever consideration to drive, you know, an open wheel racing car? Not, I mean, in the beginning of my career, when I ended karting and I did Renault 5 Junior Cup, was a very one-make basic. Yeah. I had a driving school in Donington Park in England. Okay. So I, I did uh, like a scholarship event, to learning to drive. Yep. And uh, at that time, I asked my father, oh, what do you think? I, could we have a go? And he said, you know what? Stop dreaming. It's way too expensive. <laughs> yeah. And you could and you could never do it good because I couldn't give you the the resources needed. So yes. he said to me, "Stop dreaming. Try to be the best touring car driver in the world. It includes everything, and that will be enough of a challenge for you. And uh, <laughs> I promise you, uh, people will remember you if you if you set a goal and don't see it as the second best. Like many many do actually say they want to drive Formula One. Yes, then they fail." <clears throat> And then they go and do something else and they feel like they failed. Yes. And uh, I never feel like I failed uh, in that case. I, I think I've been doing a lot of touring cars, if it's rally, rally cross, uh, circuit racing, anything. And I wanted to be uh, taking that category or that style of cars uh, to me. And uh, so far it worked pretty well. I see that you're a three-time race of champions uh, champion, so that's an yeah. incredible feat in itself because you, you're lining up against some of the world's best drivers in the same uh, car and just competing against them head-to-head. Do you have any nerves when it comes to racing people from different disciplines? Like, Do you still get nervous in, in those instances? Yeah, I mean, uh, race of champions was and still is a very cool uh, event. Uh, being with Michael Schumacher, Sebastian Loeb, Vettel, and all yeah. those guys well, it was very special. And uh, it's, uh, you know, to have three of those trophies is uh, quite unique. It's amazing. Uh, it's a very special event because you have to be a really fast learner. Yes. And I think that's something I have uh, developed a lot that I am, I am a. And uh, in Race of Champions, when you jump between cars left and right, it goes so fast and you will. Uh, if you do it good, you will have a good chance. But there were other guys that were amazingly fast as well. So Heike Kovalainen was one yep. of them. who was very, very good. Now, uh, over the years, you've raced so many different drivers. Do you have sort of uh, one or two rivals that, um, you know, that you've always said, you know, they're, they're just so hard to beat these one or two drivers? I know you've had big battles with Gary uh, Paffett and stuff like that. Yeah. I think my career started... Uh, Nearly in every category, I always uh, found like the, the the biggest rival. Yep. So in Sweden, it started with uh, Jan Flash Nilsson okay. uh, when I did the STCC. Uh, in the junior categories in the R- R5, I had as well. But then in DTM, it was uh, to start off with, and the longest one was with Gary. Yeah. Uh, Perfect and Bruno Spengler uh, as well. Then it was for some years. Uh, I mean, the internal competition as Audi was always strong. And, and in, rallycro- in rallycross, it was Peter Solberg. <laughs> so, uh, how yeah, do you sort of great. deal with those? Like, if you're constantly racing the same rival each event, 
How do you sort of try and deal with it? Do you try and analyze their driving before you get to the race? Do you try and use any tactics to try and put them off their own guard? Is there anything that we can sort of give to these carters that have their own rivals? They can try and get a, you know, a bit of an advantage. I mean, it's always, I think the biggest and the most important is to know your strengths. Yes. Because it's like any tennis player. If you ask Roger Federer, what's your game plan? Yeah, uh, he knows exactly. I mean, if he's, you know, watch Nadal how often he plays a forehand. Yes. you know, in tennis, he knows his so strength. You need to, yeah, yeah, you need to know your strengths, and then you need to look on your competitor and to see where is his weakness. And now suddenly you can say, yeah, maybe it's boring in tennis when Nadal always plays forehand to the other guy's backhand. But the, it's not about making a beautiful game; it's about yeah, yeah. to try and win. Yeah. So for me, it's more knowing your own strengths and trying to understand the, the, the weakness of your opponent. And that can be anything. And uh, I think that is what I've also learned over the years, that the, the higher up the ladder you come, the, the smaller the difference between strength and weakness between yep. all the drivers. And that's why you need to break it down into more and more and more details. And... Um, Actually, I'm not spending that much time on my enemies, unless, or colleagues, or whatever you yeah, call yeah, them. Yeah, yeah but um, once you feel you come a little bit to the end with your own skills and reflexes and so on, you need to take a new route and say, okay, you need to train a lot to develop or your own style. Yeah, your own skills and reflexes. It takes a while to develop. Yep. And in, and in the meantime, it's it's sometimes easier to to get your colleagues on the racetrack a bit nervous. Yeah, definitely. Now, I see you've done some kart racing in the off season. What do you enjoy about kart racing? Does it uh, does it give you just enjoyment, or is it the the reflexes that you need to have for kart racing? Yeah, actually, I've been doing uh, trying to do a karting more or less all my career yep. more or less but uh, in the last couple of years since uh, i have my own uh, kz shifter from micket energy yeah yeah i've been dri- driving a lot trying to i mean number one is trying to drive it and get the precision and the consistency and for that you need a lot of fitness yes. so actually the fitness you need to drive a shifter cart is is very very high and uh I am doing it just trying to come to the point where you can do a long run, being consistent, still find it super difficult with new tires to squeeze the last tenths uh, out of the out of the cart. But I've done a lot. And actually, end of last year, I even did a, a race in a local uh, hobby league or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. So it was just for fun. So me and my son went. So he did his first race and I did one as well. Oh, that's exciting. That race as well. And that's good about the kart so, racing. It's a real family-orientated sport. So it's, um, you know, you can take it competitively, but you can also have a lot of fun with the kart racing, which is really exciting. Yeah, and when I go racing here at the home track, I mean, we have a garage, we roll out the car to drive, have fun, have lunch, chill with all the people. And yes, I take it serious when I'm in the car, but I also like to have a good time and just have a have fun and then show my little one, my little son, that he should also try and understand. If he will enjoy it long term or short term, it's up to him, but I will give him the chance. No, fantastic. Now it's time for The Punt, brought to you by 2-7 Design, your go-to for all motorsport-specific graphic design, specialising in creating a new and unique look 
for your race car or cart or both. We've got a segment that uh, I like to run on this show. It's called The Punt. So it's basically that one time on the car racing circuit that you've had an incident with another competitor that you may have regret. So it could be that you've taken out Gary once that you just like, I had to line him up. Do you have one moment in your racing career that you can just remember you just took someone off the track? Um, um, I mean, not straight away. I mean, well, that's I a good thing. That, that is a good thing. Like this. I had a lot of hard battles, but most of them I don't regret. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> it's no, always funny to I hear had, people's I, stories I, along the way. Yeah, no, I. It's not often. Uh, it's not often I regret something, and I try not to. I, I, I must say, I don't store it. Say like this: I wouldn't find anything for you. I would need to ask some of my team members. They probably know better. Oh, I can see a comment up here. Someone saying Fabio saying Peter did it to you in Latvia. Yeah, uh, no, uh, yeah. I think it's uh, Fabio. I see Fabio yeah. Schwartz is uh, one of the of the junior guys. Oh, I know good, him. good. He's a future future rally guy. Oh, no, but awesome. I think it's. I think it's, um, how should I say? I don't have anyone where I really regret now. No. Oh, that's good. Uh, I think you shouldn't regret things. You <laughs> can learn to apologize and then move on. Yeah, look, I've, I've done it plenty of times. I just turn a blind eye. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah, I see it. someone ask, how are you describing your driving style in the comments? Yeah. Here? I think that's quite funny. So is, is it, like you said, someone said, is it an attacking driving style? You know, obviously, with rallycross, I suppose you've got to be very aggressive, don't you? Is that how it works? No, uh, I, I, the guy who is asking, uh, Raymond, yep. uh, I, I think uh, what I've learned, I would say I was probably around 25. It took me very long to understand uh, that your driving style is very much decided on the tire you have or the car you have. Yep. Because most uh, some tires, they are really good in braking and acceleration, just pure bone straight. And some are really good in combined and cornering. So okay. some, some tires you need to drive, I call it U-style. You need to drive the corner very long, very smooth uh, as a long U. Yep. Tires, they are just good in braking, so they can't, can only do one thing at a time. Then you have to do more V-style. And um, I have to say, I became a good V-style driver and okay. I'm still trying to improve my U-style where you have to carry a lot of minimum speed and uh, brake releases, everything, you know. So you hit the brake and try to re reduce the brake as early as you can and time the brake release so you carry the minimum speed and that is still where I'm training even at my age where I feel I'm not at my best. That's incredible that someone of your caliber is still learning. If there's, I'll finish on one last question. If there's one race that you could win that you haven't yet won, um, what would it be? I would be a WRC event in rallying. I think that's so difficult. Oh, it's uh, incredible to watch. Rally, uh, yeah, rally. I mean, I'm, I'm a passionate rally guy and uh, since so many years I follow it, but I also drive still. Yep. But to win a WRC event, man, I know how much effort it takes to do that. Sure, it will never happen, but that would be a dream to even drive a modern WRC car and go there and, and just enjoy it. Oh, that's awesome. Imagine imagine Corsica on tarmac in a WRC it's car. It's incredible. Dream, eh? Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. I, I've got a motorsport quiz. Now, some of the questions are going to be a little bit hard because they're karting-based questions, but 
Um, we'll, we'll see how we go. There's nine questions at the moment. Yeah. IndyCar driver Will Powers on top. So um, on six out of nine. So the first question is the youngest Formula One winner. Must be Max Verstappen, right? Yep, that's a good start. How many World Karting Championships has David Foray won? So an Italian driver, he's in his 40s. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yep, yeah, he's... Probably... I'll ever say 11. He's won four World Championships and three World yeah. Cups. So he's won a lot of okay. World, World Championship okay. events. In which country is the karting track Sano? So you may have driven there before. Italy. Yep, that's good. What racing number did Jeff Gordon make famous during his NASCAR career? 24. That's good. When did the first Indy 500 take place? So it was before, it was before World War One. So it's obviously a, a long, long time ago. Yes, I don't know. No, okay, that's, that was IndyCar guys got that obviously. Um, how many Bathurst 1000s did Peter Brock, the King of the Mountain win? Well, that's a lot for sure, maybe six or eight, I will go for eight. He, he won nine, that's a good effort. Nine. I, know, I know you had oh, one nine. race there, but that's a very good effort. Um, yeah. Who is the only driver to win the Triple Crown in motorsport? So the Indy 500, Le Mans 24 hour, and the Monaco Grand Prix. Is he, is a UK based driver. 1960s. You know, a, you know what? It's single seater, man. I'm so poor. Yeah. Sorry. I Google these questions. I Google them myself. Uh, Graham Hill. It was Graham Hill. Okay. Um, who did Michael Schumacher debut for in Formula One? Oh, one of those really poor teams. I can't. No idea. Jordan. Jordan. Which circuit has the has the famous corner Ascari? Yeah, that must be Monza, or? Yep, Monza. That's good. You got four. You got four out of nine. There's some hard questions in there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get any of them. I just googled the questions. We can. We can. We can go. We can go touring car racing. I would get more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to change some, but I thought I've asked people from Formula One, IndyCar, even kart racing. So I try to make it, you know, quite broad in range of questions. Yeah, yeah. No, but, all good. All good. Hey, look, thank you very, very much, Matthias. It was lovely to chat to you. Yeah. Thanks for giving us an insight into how you grew up into your car racing and your, your styles and the things that you do. We really appreciate your time. And thanks, obviously, to Energy yeah. Carts and, and Mick for, uh, for allowing this to happen as well. Yeah. Have a good day and good evening, guys. Now, look, thanks very much, Matthias. It was, um, it was great to chat Cheers. to you. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Yeah. See you. Bye. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty exciting stuff. Obviously, uh, Matisse is a world racing superstar. Um, it's great to get that, obviously, that insight into how these drivers go about it. Next time on Swapping Paint, we chat to four-time world karting champion David Foray and how he has been able to stay at the top of international karting for over two decades. Having beaten current and former Formula One drivers, we chat to David about the reasons keeping him in karts and the reaction from his Tony Kart team when he crossed the line for his first world championship podium. If you've enjoyed these chats, please share the podcast and leave us a review so more people can hear about them. Or go and follow me on Facebook under Dave Serra. If you want to find me online, go to Facebook and type in Dave Serra or at Instagram, Serra Driver Development. And just a reminder, if you like this episode of Swapping Paint, be sure to click the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Leave us a review or ask questions so we can ask our future guests. Big thanks to Tom Evans for his production work in putting these together.